Welcome to Twisted With Us. In the name of Satan, funky disco beats, and promoting our own shit, this is our ongoing examination of Twisted. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing Mr. Bones' 1995 album, Sacrifice. Yes. Okay. Because Bones yeah, I mean, is plural, it, it, but it's his singular name. But Mr. it's the singular, Bones. right. Yeah, you couldn't put the apostrophe before the S or even after the S because that would or be even plural after, Bones. Would, that would be right. the possession of numerous bones. Correct. So, yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, he does have numerous bones in his body, so it would technically What if he was named correct. after his bones? No, I'm. my name is Mr. Bones, plural, because I am. I have so many bones in my body. That's me. Because I'm, believe it or not, I have so many bones in my body. And then that's when I pop in and I say, would you like one more? <laughs> I would pay money for that. Ah, uh, I would get my ass kicked for that. Yeah, probably. but it'd be worth it. Probably. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Twisted with us. It has been a time since we've been Twisted with us last, right? It, it I mean, has. normally we're ICP with we. Yes. I'm Aaron. This is Eric, my co-host with the co-most, and we are very excited to be getting back to some just good old reviews. Yeah, it's been. Uh, well, let's see. We did three episodes in a row. Basically a month's worth of of episodes, and I'm stoked to have done it with Juggalo Judgment. We did our top 100 favorite ICP songs and top 100 favorite albums, which was awesome. But it feels good to get back to, you know, the nitty gritty, the meat and potatoes, the bones, if you will. The nitty gritty, the meat and the potatoes, the, the fish and grits, the if f- you will. <laughs> I'm um, sure. Why not? Yeah, exactly. I'm very excited as well. I had a great time just doing a month's worth of content pretty much with the JJ yes. Boys Juggalo Judgment, of course. Uh, but I am also very excited to be here and, and getting back to the the album listens. This is an exciting episode. Not only are we back to our, our normal reviews, but this is the Sunday before... We leave the, for the Sunday gathering. before yeah. we leave for the gathering. Yeah. So what I the guess. gathering yeah. starts from when we're recording, it starts technically in what, like eight days. By the time you hear this, the gathering will be three or four days away, unless you're yeah. hearing it way after the fact, then the gathering already happened. But yeah, you missed the fucking boat. Yeah, it's done. It's done. That being said, I'm I'm very excited for the gathering. I've been talking about already being in gathering mode. I feel like my next week is going to be very not productive uh, because I will be solely focusing on being prepared for the gathering. I've already been overthinking and triple checking things on our setup. (laughs) Hey, that's good. That's good. That needs to happen. And I'm on my end just 
doing final communications and stuff for the event and things like that. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm it's excited gonna be a great time, though. to not only be there and check everything out, but for the event, for the, the gathering of the Juggalo podcasts live, which is only sort of an accurate name because not everybody there does a podcast, although most people will be creating something like a podcast. So, so, you know, I mean, Correct. you've got Mankini that he does like an interview show on, well, and not just interviews, other stuff, but on YouTube. So it's, it's really Juggalo content creators. The majority of them have podcasts though. So. Eric, you got the list of people on hand that we can just fire off some quick shout outs who, who people can expect to be, see if they uh, get there for the gathering of the Juggalo podcast. I, I actually I do have it on hand here. And uh, if you come to our event and I say our not as in yours and mine personally, but everybody involved, if you come the to Juggalo the Juggalo creators event, of a whole, as a whole, right. right, if you come to the event. You can uh, meet up with and listen in on everybody doing their thing, including Carnival Spirits, Deck Ooh. One Delt. Been in communication with those guys. They're so fucking stoked. Good, good. Yeah, I've, I've talked to everybody. I've, obviously, I've spoken to everybody yeah, yeah. on this list. <laughs> um, Fago Lovers, Scotty's going to be there. And I don't know if we can talk about what they're doing, but they're doing something special. Yeah, they're they're going to be doing something cool. Um, yeah. You know, I know that Fago Lovers is a website forum, uh, but they are going to be participating in this. Uh, I met up, had lunch with Scotty last week, and uh, I'm excited to see what they turn out on this thing. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, that's cool. That's very cool. Uh, ICP with we. That's us. We'll be there recording, <laughs> talking about <laughs> stuff, doing stupid things, giving some things away. Uh, Juggalo Judgment, whom you've heard on the past three episodes with us, and probably from listening to their show, will be there. Uh, Mankini, who I mentioned earlier, will be there. Midwest United Juggalos will be there. Replicon Hell, Radio yeah. will be there. Toxic Play Hell, Entertainment yeah. will be there. And the Ugly Juggalos podcast will be there. We've got people from all over the country with all different types of shows and content. Uh, I promise if, if you... Listen to underground rap, horrorcore, if you're part of the Juggalo community and you have viewed any sort of websites, podcasts, YouTube channels, there's a pretty good chance one of the people that you've seen on those channels or one of the teams that's creating content is going to be here at the event. And that's cool. It's it's going to be great. I'm very excited. Not only am I excited to, you know, meet up with these people because I do, I, I, admittedly don't have a lot of time to listen to other podcasts during my week but yeah. when i do i love to to check out you know i, I listen to deck one doubt obviously i listen like to, to size judgment as much as i can you know i, I like to size up the competition yeah. and, and uh see how much better everybody else is <laughs> it's, it's not uh, a competition <laughs> at all no it is uh I, but I'm, I'm so stoked to actually get there and, and and meet up with these people that i've been listening to you know episodes here and there on and off as much as i can of as much of their shit as possible and actually meet up with them in person but i'm also excited and stoked to just meet up with anybody that listens to us or doesn't listen to us and walks up and says what the fuck is this yeah right yeah i'm just excited to meet up with people it's gonna be great yeah I uh, think we're gonna we're, have we're gonna get to we're going to get to meet some people from our community that we've never met face to face. And that's very cool. That is insanely cool to me. Yeah, it's probably my what I'm most excited for, I think, is to meet up with the people that 
we talk to in the discord every day they're gonna be there and stuff like that you know it's like it's, it's just gonna be so cool i'm nervous because i'm an awkward weirdo and people are gonna be like you suck and i'm gonna be like i don't know how to be around people you are like what the fuck eric's palms are sweaty and there's vomit on his sweater already <laughs> this guy must be nervous it was my mom's spaghetti i just well i mean understandable i, I just ate it before the show and then threw it up yeah i mean i always prep for every show with a big plate of my mother's spaghetti so i'm gonna have to go ahead and have her ship me over some some spaghetti for wednesday afternoon is that is that a line from the song you were referencing mom's spaghetti yes it is yeah 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 i wasn't a hundred percent sure because i don't really know that song but i was pretty sure i knew that part Knees weak, palm sweaty, uh, vomit on my sweater already, mom spaghetti. Yeah, you're okay, right. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. Thanks. Um, well, that's the event. It's gonna be great. I know we feel like we're babbling about it. I think it's because we're just so fucking excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I I would say so. And I mean, we'll do a quick up episode uh, next week, probably next weekend. Actually. The, this coming weekend, by the time you're listening to this, just right. to, as a quick reminder, talking about what's going to be going on and stuff. And then after that, we're going to be doing stuff straight from the gathering, which will be cool. It's going to be fucking sick. Y'all, if one one thing that I do want to stress is we have made a YouTube channel. If you would like to follow and subscribe to that YouTube channel, it is on our website, uh, the link to it, www.icpwwe.com. Uh, we will be posting video content on YouTube here. And, and uh, the best way to first see it and to get your hands on that dirty little video content would be to already be fucking subscribed by the time we're at the gathering. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's one video on there so far, so you can go watch it. It is very much so indicative of our podcast i think <laughs> why is there only one <laughs> i uh yeah i was so i'm also going to be putting the backlogs of all of our episodes on youtube so they're easily accessible for our youtube audience uh have not gotten to it we have though, so many outtakes I've been, put up the outtakes i know i have a lot of outtakes i need to start getting to i'll probably end up uh putting some i mean by the time you hear this there will be more than one video on there you know what i i pledge uh, Eric, go ahead and put some inspirational music behind this. Thanks. Oh. I pledge that we will have five videos by the time you hear this on our YouTube channel, or my name isn't Aaron. Who's okay, Aaron? Okay, I mean, I definitely don't want to have to legally change my name, so I'm going to make sure I do that. I, 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 I just, I'm like, who's, who's Aaron? I thought you were Gristle, officially. I mean, it's, it's, uh... I was going to try and make a portmanteau of uh, gristle, gristle and official. official. A gristle? Griffishal. There we go. <laughs> it's Griffishal. I changed my name to Gristle. Wow. Now that's a line. I'm pocketing that. Cut that. Cut that. Yeah, cut that. Cut yeah. that. Yeah. No, we, we uh, our YouTube channel is going to be a great place for you to see some video content from the gathering after the gathering so if you would are interested in that at all please hit the link on our website www.icpwwe.com or really just open your home browser because it should be your home page already do you ever think that there might be too many w's in that web address let's see well there's there's three for world wide web yes right but that's a given yes and then two more so that's five 
Yeah. I, I feel like that is probably more W's than most websites. I mean, most websites have three right off the bat. Yeah, uh, you would think, unless they're not on the World Wide Web. What are they, are they on the Mars Wide Web? Be sure. They could be on a, they're on a local web. It's not on the World Wide Web. It's on the like localized, oh, yeah. you know, just regional web. Public access web? Yes. <laughs> could you imagine if they did local public access internet? Do you know how cursed that would be? I can't, I don't think it would be any more or less cursed than the internet already is. Go to Reddit or that's, 4chan yeah, or any true. of it's, those places. It's cursed as fuck right now. Y'all. Let's get into this this fucking review. Why Let's not? go. I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited to start talking about this. Uh, Eric, obviously, we're talking about Mr. Bones's album Sacrifice that came out in 1995. I know you love to get some dirty little facts about everything that we listen to, and I I'm, can't wait to consume them with my ear holes. The dirtiest, the dirtiest little facts. Uh, and these are relatively little facts as well um not particularly dirty but definitely little facts because i don't think there's a lot to know about this one from from what i can mm. find first things first though this album and house of crazies outbreed both released in 1995 i don't see any firm release dates listed for either album so we've just chosen to talk about this one first i do see some kind of you know, unsupported, unsubstantiated claims that Outbreed came out in the spring and then this album came out the same year, which doesn't tell me much. But logically, considering Season of the Pumpkin had just come out at the end of October, I feel like it would make more sense that Jamie's solo album came out before a full new House of Crazies album. Again, I don't know that for sure. It, maybe it's possible, you know, we should probably have asked Robbie twisted history maybe he True. knows i'm not sure but i will say this unfortunately there's not a lot of news about house of crazies or jamie to share since our last episode so all i can tell you is some info about this release not really about hey here's what happened with the group or the individuals sacrifice was released only on cassette and allegedly limited to 500 copies it still blows my mind that they were selling 500 copies of a tape that they were self-releasing. That just seems say, like a lot. That's a lot of yeah. That's a lot yeah. of copies yeah. for, for people that have released physicals on uh, across multiple different projects. Both you and I. Yeah. I've never been able to to get rid of more than like 50. I think. Oh, we've definitely sold more than 50, but we've. Ne I don't think I've ever sold 500 copies of anything. I, I oh mean, God, no. Actually, I take that back. I think Ballista, uh, our Ballista cassette tape sold like over 100. But I mean, still, 500 is nuts. Yeah. 500 is nuts. Again, different time. You couldn't just go online True. and listen to shit. So uh, they were probably in local stores and things as well, which probably helped. But anyway, the yeah, album was released on Brain Dead Inc., which sounds like a made-up label, and Discog supports my theory by confirming that this tape is the only release ever on that label. I think Jamie just made up a label and put it on there. It feels like every right. House of Crazies album is on a different label, it seems. like They keep changing, <laughs> so uh, they're just kind of... Yeah, make up. up your mind, y'all. Yeah, but Jamie is definitely in a 
a brain dead phase here. The the label is brain dead. You hear brain dead in the lyrics. The front of the tape has a, a parental advisory that says brain dead lyrics. And mm. if I remember correctly, and I think I do, brain dead rap is going to go on to be part of like the house of crazies and twisted branding. You're, you're gonna we're gonna hear brain dead rap later. Uh, so I guess it's just a thing. It, it's part of what what stays with them, but. It looks to me like all of the tracks on this album were either produced by the ROC and or Jamie. It looks like there's some that were just Jamie, some were both, but the ROC was heavily involved in producing these tracks. The tapes were made by Disc Makers, known for doing a lot of those early House of Crazies and ICP releases, also known for producing our CD that just dropped this week, which is fun. Hey-o. Over the years, this album was, you'll not be shocked to hear this, over the years this album was re-released Four times, at least. Once on Psychopathic and twice on Magic Ninja. The Psychopathic one surprises me, though, because for all the House of Crazy stuff we've reviewed so far, this is the only one. Now, down the line, we might learn something different about other releases, but I think this is the only one that got a Psychopathic release, and I wonder why that is. They didn't release Season of the Pumpkin or any of that other stuff. Yeah, that is strange. Yeah. I'm sure somebody is going to have some sort yeah. of knowledge and, and tell us immediately after this episode drops. But right. yeah, that's there, interesting. There had to have been an event or a reason. And they said, oh, it's an anniversary thing or we're doing something special for this event. We'll put it out. I was going to say maybe it's the only one that doesn't have Brian, the ROC on it. But he is technically on here and he did a lot of production for it. So that doesn't make any sense. Right. So I don't know. Well, he was all, he's also on the last track. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, not only did he do production, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. he's okay, also yeah. like on a verse on the last track. So Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh right. Okay. Yeah. So right. I will mention that of the 12 songs on this album, two of them were on The Demon Inside, including The Witching Hour and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Bones. And from what I can tell, I think they are the exact same versions. I don't think they're different. I have information on that. We'll get to that once we get to okay. the song. I think like one uh, well, of the I don't have any information at, on the witching hour, at least. I was going to say one of the samples at the beginning, I think, might be added on or slightly different. But we can talk about that later. But then a few of the songs on this album, like Liquid Friend, Why the Children and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Bones, they also made it onto Twisted's Cryptic Collection albums later. I think one and two had the, the three songs I mentioned. So awesome. There you go. There's the info I have about this album. I know I didn't have a lot. I'm sorry. I did research it. But as we have discussed, there's just not a ton of reliable House of Crazies info out there. Luckily, we've got people like Robbie out here trying to document it all. Uh, but that's what I've got. Hell yeah. That That is, uh, I mean, honestly, for these HOK reviews, like that's still a decent amount of information. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. For what these were. And by just harking back all the way to your first point, I absolutely think it makes sense that this came out before Outbreed because you're right. Uh, Season of the Pumpkin came out that October. I'm sure Jamie did this solo before. I don't know. It, it I, just logically it makes sense. Yeah, that way, that's but. that's the way my logic led me. Again, it could be wrong. I don't know for sure. Maybe somebody does know for right. sure. Uh, they probably know for sure. But uh, you know, fuck it. If you do, let us know. Uh, additionally, though, regardless of whether it came out first or second, we've just opted to review them in this order. That's it. Exactly. So shut up. Suck a butt. 
Yeah, so suck a dirty butt. Yeah, bitch. through a straw. Yeah, a reusable straw. So you're nice to the planet while you're sucking ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do we um, want to talk about this album cover? Oh, I wasn't planning to, but no, yeah, oh. if you'd like to, I'm. Uh, you know what, y'all? <laughs> let's break with tradition and talk about the album cover next. Y'all, let's get to the review with the album cover. Why not? We actually have four uh, Discogs links to look at we that Eric has provided me with. Uh, let's start with the original, the 1995 Brain Dead Inc. cassette release. Looks good. I mean, I, I think that these this cassette looks looks badass. Uh, you got the skull on the front. It's the primarily green colorway, and then Brain Dead lyrics. You got Brain Dead on the spine. I'm not seeing a catalog number on this one though no no catalog number which i mean it would just be 001 though for brain dead right yeah i i suppose it would be the other thing that we don't see is a a walter stepanenko call out anywhere on here so this is this is clearly not a latinum records release and even though it seems like walter was right. involved in all their stuff i don't see him here on the inside we've got a bunch of jim mishowish reference mishowitz references so that's true. There is some Mishowitz in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, looks like he was uh, mixing a lot of this stuff. Yes. They should call him uh, Jim Mixawix. Haha. There you go. No. No. Sir Mixawix. <laughs> 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 uh, this is a pretty. Co- I actually. I really like the graphic on the inside. That graphic down there at the bottom, I think, looks really fucking cool. It's in black and white. Looks like somebody's getting their brain blown out. It's like uh, zombies. One person has like half. Yeah, it's like a like kind of zombie type situation. That's got to be taken um, from something, and I don't know what. It looks like it's from a comic book. I would say The Walking Dead, but I think this is too early for that. Yes, yeah, uh, I feel like this is definitely the, uh, too early for that. I think uh, I think it looks cool though. I mean, I, I like I'm I really like cassette tape covers. I like looking at cassette tape covers even though I don't have a cassette player or even any tapes. I just, I really like looking at the covers. I, th- I think that they're cool. I've got a lot of tapes. I I don't like tapes as a listening format, but I do think tapes are cool. Yeah, that's the thing is I feel like if I started collecting tapes, because I've been seeing a lot of uh, ICP tapes for sale come yeah. up, uh, not on the museum on Facebook, but just on Facebook or uh, just on Instagram, on our Instagram account. And uh, more and more, I'm like, man, I, I think I really want to start collecting tapes and legitimately never listen to them because I just have no desire to listen to a tape. <laughs> I, hey, I used to have a ton. I mean, I used to have a ton of ICP tapes. I still have a lot of tapes, but I used to have a bunch of yeah. ICP ones, too. Uh, and they're cool because they do them in different colors and stuff. I mean, just yeah. like collecting vinyl tapes are neat. And uh, oh, for sure. For sure. It's it's yeah, it's right in line with collecting vinyl. Um, let's but, go. You, you ready to get back to the yeah, you ready to get to the psychopathic? Well, yeah. actually, I just want to point out that the mm-hmm. cover of this is the same cover that's on uh, the demon inside. Just instead of the face being. The, the skull being half like cut off it's just the full skull it's the exact same drawing though oh i didn't even notice that good catch yeah yeah it's the I, same I, I didn't even think to look back at that cool yeah look at the demon That's inside badass. it's the same yeah, let cover, me, I'm, just I'm about red. to look at that right now yeah but it's the same thing i'll be damned yeah it is <laughs> it's the same yeah 
I don't love nice. that they wrote Mr. Bones on the forehead of it. I really like that layout and the font that they used for Bones and the Sons of Midnight. Like, I almost yeah. wish they had kept with that. But I still think this is cool. I still like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I For some reason, on the spine where it says sacrifice, because it doesn't say it on the front. It only says it on the spine. For some reason, that font is standing out to me. And I can't tell whether it's something from like pro wrestling or if it's like the Baywatch font or something, but it's, it's a, it's a recognizable font and it makes me laugh. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, it kind of, I mean, it kind of looks like a bootleg version of like the Hulk Hogan font. I, I was going to say that, but I was like, I don't know if that's right. Yeah. All Let's right. See. I mean, I think it looks cool, but it looks definitely looks very recognizable. Let's see. Hulk Hogan, eighties wrestling logo. Oh, yeah. It def- definitely looks like the Hulkamania logo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like the T-shirts that say Hulkamania. That's what it looks like. I wonder if that's intentional. Probably not. Probably not. But I mean, it's a cool. I mean, it's a cool font. Yeah. It's just recognizable. You're right. It's it's pretty recognizable. All right. Um, Let's go on to the psychopathic release. Yes. From I, 2010. I hate this cover a lot. Yeah, this sucks. They. uh Oh, they clearly took the tape cover and scanned it and squashed the skull down. But they made no because of the way it was on the tape. The top of the head and the bottom of the chin are cut off on the tape and they made no effort to fill that in. They just left them flat and they distorted the skull. And I that all that bothers me. Can I tell you what stands out to me first? The the skull sucks. I, I agree. The skull sucks stands out to me first is the uh digitally remastered font that they also used for mr bones yes for some reason it yes. it sucks yeah i mean they, there's a lot of uh distressed fonts and stuff that you can download and i don't ever have an issue with using you know distressed fonts that are are pre-made as long as you go in and then manipulate them so that Every time you type the letter E, it doesn't look exactly the same and have the same distress marks exactly. on it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and not only like distress fonts are fine, but this looks like this was like on the first page of defont.com. Yeah. This when is, you type in distress font, you know what I mean? Like it just feels like a, yeah. like the most basic distress font that you could find. Everything it just about doesn't feel like a lot of album thought. cover and layout screams we did it the fastest quickest easiest cheapest way possible and again absolutely there has to be something to the story of this must have been a last minute thing or a cheap giveaway thing or something i i don't know it is really weird to see the psychopathic records logo on the back of it though yeah that is uh that is a little strange that being said the back uh still distorted stretched out skull that they didn't even bother to round out the chin or the top of the the head with which sucks because do you know how fucking easy that would have been to just very easy because it would be mostly black it would just be (laughs) fill in black yeah probably like 10 minutes worth of work i would say yeah maybe Maybe 15 you know if you want to add some more white distresses in there yeah i probably uh, yeah yeah that being said you know the back of the album it's fine uh, it says the digitally remastered the the track listing is laid out very clearly um if i picked up the front of the album and that was what and that immediately managed my expectations for what the back would look like i'd turn the back over and, and say yeah it's fine 
I mean, the only person buying this is somebody that knows exactly what they're buying in the first place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't think anybody's going to. I would I would walk into a record store and I would look at this and I would say, I don't know what that is. Or, or you know, I don't even think I'd have any thoughts about it. I think it would just pass through my mind as, as nothing. Yeah, maybe. But if I knew what it was, then I, I would say, oh, they didn't do much to fix this album cover, but I'll buy it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're going to buy it because you're collecting. So let's look at yeah. the the next one. And this is the Magic Ninja re-release that's part of... They did the 25th anniversary cassette box set, which is really cool. This one is weird to me, though, because it, lo- it almost looks like they manipulated the cover of the Psychopathic release to make this. <laughs> it looks... Because it's got that same font for Mr. Bones written on the head. And then... They've somewhat distorted the skull again, but they did round out the bottom of the chin and the top of the head a bit. But it's that same font for Mr. Bones, but distorted along with the head. So I don't think I think they just took that cover and updated it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so as well. I I think that it looks fine back on a cassette, though. Yeah, I like this a lot better this version with the this just with the distress font and all that bullshit than i did on the cd yeah maybe i uh, yeah it looks better than the cd i'll say that it doesn't look as good as the original tape and then you look at the vinyl re-release that came out just a few years actually it came out last year and uh again it's got the squashed down skull but fully rounded out head and chin they actually made the skull look like a skull i you know maybe i'm wrong maybe this was the shape of the original drawing and they they stretched it to put it on the original tape i don't think so i think this is the squashed down version of it but uh it looks fine again the original tape is still the coolest to me that's that's the way it should be yeah i agree um i think the vinyl looks fine the vinyl definitely looks better than the the cd and again this is one of those things if you're buying it because you're a collector right And that's fine. And I will say this, and this might be a uh, overall thoughts thing more than it is a album cover thing. But when we're looking at this, the vinyl and the cassette make a lot of sense being split into side A and side B because this album has two very defined parts. Side B, starting with Possessed and going through the end, has a distinct feel to it that side A doesn't really have. So I think the fact that Magic Ninja decided only to release this on tape and vinyl, which I think they did with most of the other stuff, too, anyway. But I think it makes sense versus putting it all on a CD running together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that the way that this album was written and formatted lends itself very nicely to the side A, side B yeah. um, format, you know. So I, I agree with you on that. Still, well, I've got to say that whatever shoestring budget they had and stuff like that, the best layout and design and the cleanest visual look and best fonts and everything is the original tape. Absolutely. I think that we can definitely both agree on that. Yes. But let's see if we can agree on our thoughts track by track. Probably not. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Well, let's go ahead and start with track one. Uh, Nightmares Revisited. Mm. Eric, what were your thoughts on this one? What a way to start an album. This is, regardless of whether it's real or what you think about this subject matter, this is 
very dark, dis- disturbing language about a woman talking about being part of a satanic cult and being impregnated by her father that's dressed as the devil. And then human sacrifices and her being forced to eat parts of the baby that she just gave birth to. Like, it's pretty messed up. And it's weird because I remember the satanic panic in the 80s and 90s, being a kid and growing up and hearing things. And I also, you know, as an adult, having watched documentaries and read stuff about it, that to my knowledge, all of the, the claims of satanic cults and rituals and sacrifices, none of it ever turned out to be real, or at least none of it was ever proven. Now, somebody mm-hmm. might say, oh, it was never proven because, you know, the the Church of Satan is covering it or something like that, or the government. But all of that, all of that stuff, all the satanic panic back then, which was a very real thing, reminds me a lot of the modern QAnon conspiracy theories and beliefs and things. So this track is is pretty interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, I don't know if I would say I like it. It's an interesting beginning to the album because the entire album definitely has a a satanic worship and rituals feel to it. So it's kind of a good start thematically. But what did you think? Yeah, you know, I pretty much everything that you said, I I would definitely agree with. You know, this is an insanely, you know, fucked up and creepy subject matter and and sample, you know, whatever it was. And and although I was very young towards the end of the satanic panic, uh, you know, I I grew up religious, so I yeah, I kind of, you know, I I kind of felt it a little bit, right? Yeah. But it's on theme. I will say that. It is on fucking theme. And well, I guess I should say the the rest of the album after this is on theme to this. Right. This sets the um, tone. It sets the tone perfectly and the vibe. And you you know exactly where you're going to get into on the following tracks. Yeah. I, I actually like the track, too. I like the looping um, sample in the background. I don't know that it's related to this, but it sounds good. It's a cool sounding track. It works. Yeah, it works. It works. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to track two, which is the the first proper song on the album. This one is called Liquid Friend. Tell us about that one. This song is about alcoholism and uh, the things that alcoholism can lead to. Right. Whether it be doing fucked up things or leading to other substance abuse. The beat is very minimal, but it works very well. I think his flows are very solid. I love the messages that he's he's delivering through this song with, uh, you know, fucked up. I, I, I think the one rhyme that I, I really like that stood up to me in verse one was uh, in my backyard under the porch or in the cellar, a dweller, a rather fucked up young fella. Um, first of all, we talk about this in the discord all the time. I love the word fella in rap. I, I just I do. I do. I think it's great. But I find myself in a bottle of liquor, but it's quicker for me to stick her. So maybe I should stick you like it's it's like he's trying to find comfort in alcohol. But by finding comfort in alcohol, he's finding comfort in other fucked up things. He's just you know? looking for comfort anywhere he can find it, basically anywhere he can find it. And then, you know, you get to the the end of almost every verse is the exact same. Right. Except save verse two. But uh, just I owe it all to my liquid friend. It, it just. I, I really enjoy this song. I, I think that this was a great start, like real start to the album. It doesn't sink heavily into the satanic stuff that you got in the first song, in the first track rather, but it does lean into 
substance abuse and doing fucked up things and one thing leading to another when it comes to substance abuse, which, uh, you know, is so very common when people get into alcoholism, you know, especially at at younger ages and stuff. So I I really enjoy the song. I think that the subject matter he handled very well. Sonically, it sounded great. Great first real track. What, What were your thoughts? This one and the next one are the only ones I would say that don't feel like they really fit the the theming, but they're also not so outside the theming that you're like, why are these here? It right. works. I would say this. Could any track sound more like House of Crazies or actually, I guess, more like Esham? I don't think so. This is, <laughs> at least sonically, about as on brand as you could possibly be. And uh, oh, that, yeah. that's a cool way to start the album. I, I don't know if the subject matter does a lot for me. I will say, branding-wise, this feels a little bit off unless, you know, maybe it's headed toward, hey, it started with drinking and then cascaded out of control to the point where now I'm part of a satanic cult and I'm committing murders and doing crazy things. Maybe. I don't know. It's fine. I, I don't have a lot to say about this track. Liquid Friend just sounds funny in a song to me, like... I, it, the song doesn't sound funny, but the term "liquid friend" sounds funny. It's it's a it's a great way to kind of make light of it a little bit, you know, like not well, maybe not make light of it, but make it sound less harsh. Right, like, right, sure. It's I'm, almost as if that's what he's telling himself. Like this is my liquid friend in his mind to justify this isn't that bad for me. It's my friend. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Like, like that's what you tell your kids. It's okay. It's okay. This is just daddy's liquid friend. Exactly. Yeah. Don't worry about daddy's it. liquid friend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great opening track for you know. And I think you're absolutely correct. This is the most hok ass song. Yes. <laughs> he could have started the album with, and it it's fantastic. Uh, let's go ahead and move on then to track three, rumors. Eric, uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is another one that keeps that production sound going. You've got that. I mean, I guess and maybe this is not correct, but I think it kind of is. When I think early and mid 90s horrorcore, like traditional horrorcore, especially from Detroit. Now, obviously, ICP doesn't quite fit into this uh, description at this point, because by 95, they were releasing Riddlebox, right? So they were way beyond this but i think i think of a sound that is simple beat drop a synth line over the top a very simple synth line that's it that's that's the music and that's what these first two tracks are really yeah. and uh so they sound very much like what i would expect house of crazies to sound like however i'm kind of surprised that we're not seeing a, a progression into a more fleshed out production some of that might have to do with the funds that they've got behind them. They haven't signed to a label or anything, not a real label. So maybe that's why. But I maybe this is part of what has cemented that concept of how horrorcore sounds in my mind. But right, it just it has that made this in my living room with no real musical experience feel, and I think that's that's cool enough to make the song worth listening to. But. Uh, The song is called Rumors. It's about, I guess, all the rumors being spread about 
Jamie, Mr. Bones. And I, I can't help but wonder when I listen to it, if any of these rumors that he lists off are true. Like, did the concept for the song start with, people are talking about me, so I might as well just make a song addressing it. And then you just kind of run down the path of rumors that could exist and sort of making up braggy, crazy, grandiose rumors. Or is this just a purely fabricated concept? I I don't know. Either way, it's interesting. Some of them sound plausible. Oh, you know, they said I fucked some girl in the Hardy's bathroom. Well, that might be a real rumor somebody would spread. Um, they think I'm dead. They think I sell crack, whatever. Those ones probably less likely, but possible. I don't, I don't know. What did you think of this one? Uh, people starting rumors that he kills cops, I think, is probably not, right, not right. super uh, real. But yeah, so as far as the beat goes, I, I really enjoy this beat. I think that the I mean, everything that you said where it sounds like it was somebody who made this in his bedroom with not a lot of musical production experience. And that is very endearing. And I really enjoy that type of sound. More ambition than art. Exactly. More ambition than art. Absolutely. We have a sample at the very beginning that was from the 1973 Charles Manson documentary. So thank you for uh, Mushy Mustard for transcribing that on Genius for us. Big ol' shout out to Mustard as well, because this morning in the Discord, we were talking about the Hardys line that you previously mentioned, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was in brackets on Genius, and I confirmed after listening to it like four times, I was like, yeah, there's an S on the end of that. I think he's saying Hardys. After a brief discussion with him and uh, with Pete from Juggalo Rewind, it's already changed on Genius. He got right to it. Why did Genius never sleep? You don't have fingers? I don't have a fucking account. Oh, well, it's free. I know. <laughs> oh, okay. I, so after we, I, we talked about a couple things on on these lyrics on Genius, and after after the second one, I was like, maybe I should just make an account. I you, probably you probably should. You're a dick. You're making mustard do your bidding. Mustard, go fix this. Like he's got nothing else to do with his life. Come on. I know. I, it's it's uh you know mustard. I apologize for for making you do making you be at my beck and call. Pretty much. <laughs> you know um, what, though? Mustard is so supportive and and determined to get accurate lyrics in for all these ICP and Twisted and House of Crazies albums. Like, really out here doing the Lord's work, you know? Can I tell you, when I, when I, uh, when I see Mustard at the gathering, I'm going to feel like I'm meeting a celebrity. Uh, I don't... That's... If I'm being honest, Mustard is the person I'm most nervous to meet at the gathering because I just, like... We've been we've been talking about and somehow too in our Discord mustard for so long. Like when I say I'm awkward and I don't know how to be around people, mustard is the person I feel like I'm going to be most nervous and awkward around. Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, it makes total sense. I mean, do you ask for your uh, an autograph? What do you do? You know? Yes. Um, I don't know. <laughs> anyways, uh, big shout out to mustard for literally always doing bullshit on genius for us uh, i mean we've mentioned it before but i know that he worked very hard to actually get a lot of hok lyrics finalized for us ahead of this season so in all seriousness absolute big shout out to mustard for that that being said i feel like this song is even less on theme with the entire album than the previous one you know, the previous one was talking about doing fucked up shit and, and, you know, getting involved with fucked up shit. Whereas this one is just saying, you know, I feel like this might have lent itself better as a second track than uh, Liquid Friend would have. Because I feel this kind of 
the theming of this sounded more of an introduction, you know, about me, Mr. Bones, OG. That's the second line. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, I feel like, it, it, and again, this is not any sort of heavy subject matter or storytelling or anything like that. This is talking about rumors that have been spread about Mr. Bones. Yeah, I would agree. Um, this might have been a better opening song after the intro. I, I really think that, yeah, I think if it would have gone, you know, Nightmares Revisited, Rumors, then Liquid Friend. Again, I'm not marking this off because of this at all. No, it's just an interesting thought. It is because just, I, I you're right. Agree. Awesome. Okay. Uh, well, other than that, I mean, uh, overall, this song is cool. The minimalistic beat is dope and just the vibe of it is dope. I'm enjoying this album so far. Word. Well, let's move on to... Actually, I don't think we need to talk too much about track four. Track four is The Witching Hour. We already talked about this track when we reviewed The Demon Inside. It's still a cool track. If you want to listen to our full thoughts on it, you can go back and listen to what episode of our show was that? That was, uh, what, episode 91 when we reviewed Bones and the Sons of Midnight, The Demon Inside. Aaron, do you have any additional thoughts after listening this time or how it fits onto this album? You know, I, I kind of came to the realization again, we've talked about this on that, you know, but yeah, there's a lot of N words in this song. There is. There is. Um, and I kind of came to the the conclusion that if they would have if, if every N word in this song could have been replaced by the word fella and sounded harder, in my opinion. <laughs> OK, but that's that's me. That's me. That's and that is the only like new revelation I've had about this song since we reviewed it the first time. Fair enough. It's funny when I listened to it, the N words really stood out to me because there's not a lot of that on this album outside this song. Really, this this one yeah, has there's really not. This one has the, the majority of it. Um, OK, well, then let's move on to track five. It's called Why the Children. Why don't you talk about this one for us? Uh, yeah. Why? Uh, why? Why don't I? This song is a storytelling song about his little brother's body. This is definitely a, a very split personality thing. Yeah. By the time you get to the end, you get to, you do kind of realize he was the one that killed his little brother. And, and he comes that realization as well. Listen, for 1995 and for where he was as an, a, an artist at this time, I feel like this storytelling is so solid. It's very good. I think that uh, the beat is amazing. The way he delivers the flows matches with the tone of the beat and matches with the tone of the lyrics and the and the story that he's trying to tell. I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of this song. It is the longest track on this album, and it doesn't even feel like it, to me, at least. In fact, I, I think I've listened to this album, I think, three times over the last week to prepare and I've listened to this song, I think, eight times over the last week. Hmm. I, I Maybe that's tipping my hand sounded, too much. I didn't think it sounded that long either. Yeah, no, it, it it actually surprised me when I was looking at the timestamps for all the songs. I was like, oh, shit. Why the Children is the longest song. I, it doesn't even feel like that. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I think that uh, I think he did. He did a fantastic job on this song tonally. Delivery wise, everything, the story, it's great. Uh, What were your thoughts? Yeah, my first the first thing that stood out to me is that this song uses that same it, it again. This is a simple beat, simple synth line over it. And 
it uses the same progression on the synth that they used in Trick or Treat and Haunted House, which I talked about in the season of The Pumpkin, because ICP mm. uses it in Mad Professor and I Want My Shit and probably other stuff. From now on, I think I'm just going to call this the horrorcore riff because it's officially like <laughs> the go to. Uh, that, Fair enough. Da, na, na, you know, that that kind of thing. Pop the fence with the shovel in my head. Walk silently, don't make a sound in the dead land. Shadows twist and become demons of hell. As I walk along down the line. About 7.30 and Mr. Bones is about to smoke. Then a ride by, peep the crib of an oak. Cool and cool the Halloween, the wicked shit is in your mind. And my house is haunted, house is old and covered with dirt and grime. You are my couch! Motherfucker! I need your motherfucking brain! You can't have my chorus. Born in 1775, I'm like 300 and something, but I'm still alive. I used to hang with the original Billy the Kid. You probably think I'm only playing, but I did. Yeah, it's okay. The music is just okay. I'm very dis- distracted because they use that same synth line but then they distort it. And when it's distorted, it's so overpowering. You almost can't hear the vocals. But yeah, the subject matter is cool. You know, like you said, it's a creepy track about going to dig up his little brother and I guess having killed him. And the last few lines of it are the thing that really stood out to me because it's very dark and scary. And it paints the picture of somebody who is mentally ill and unaware of what they're doing because he he brings his little brother's body back and he asks God to give his little brother his life back. But then he says "Then I slit his throat. Maybe that'll help him breathe. Cut off his eyelids. Maybe now he'll see. And I was like, wow. Okay. I mean, that's 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 textured and interesting conceptually for what could have been a very simple song. And that really drives home just how out of his mind he is and how he's not thinking clearly or straight. There are things that that, that are very cool about the song. The production and mix leaves a lot to be desired for me. But outside that, cool track. Hell yeah. Yeah, I, I can see uh, very valid criticisms about the production mix. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, um, by this point in the album, we're getting a lot of tracks that have that minimal beat, minimal synth line production, which is okay, but... They all sound kind of similar. They do, and that is not the case with this next track. That's true. So let's go and get into it. Why not? Okay. Eric, thoughts on track number six, Sacrifice? This, this is the end of side A. Correct. So, end of side A. Title track, end of side A. Title track, end of side A. What are your thoughts? You know, aside from Witching Hour, which was reused from The Demon Inside, this is the first track that has the alternative rock and metal samples that I've come to expect from House of Crazies. This one has two different Beck samples. And also in the hook, it's got that Nine Inch Nails, Hey Pig, Yeah You, from Piggy, which was yeah. really interesting to hear. Immediately, I start, I gravitated to the song. I'm like, oh, cool. This is really cool. But then when it gets to that hook, the transition is so clunky it just oh, yeah. like it, it transitions in fair enough, but coming back out, it's like they didn't know how to get out of the hook back into the verses. So the song jumps to the hook, which is completely different. The hook ends and the song just kind of fades back in each time. And it feels so disjointed. And if it wasn't for that, I would like this song a lot more. 
And I, there's got to be a better way to have handled that that aspect of production. Anyway, this song is very directly about Mr. Bones's dual personalities, and it's about killing people. It's not a hard-themed track. It's just about scary killing stuff. Right at the beginning, though, he says something that really caught my ear because I thought he made a schizophrenic reference even though he might just be saying schizophrenic, but it sure sounds like schizophrenic and I could be wrong, mm. but uh, because elsewhere on this album, he, he leverages, they leverage disses at ICP. But anyway, uh, he does refer to himself. Jamie does as the outbreed on this track, which is the name of the next house of crazies album, as we discussed, which again leads me to believe that maybe this came first, uh, maybe this line is the idea where the title of the album came from. Although I could be wrong. Maybe it's the other way around and he is referencing the album, but it's, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like they went, oh, that's a cool, that's a cool title. We should use that word. But overall, this is a song that had the potential to be way more awesome. I love what they were doing with it, but it does not come together for me. What did you think? I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you by, you know, my thoughts as the song progressed, because I feel like that's going to be the most important yes. way to lay this out. It starts off. I feel like the beat was a little busy to the point where because of the the mix or I guess lack thereof, uh, a lot of the lyrics kind of got lost on me. And it took it actually took me genius to to really get a lot of the stuff. Um, so let me ask you a question. When House of Crazies does the, hey, we're going to sample from different rock and metal and alternative tracks and put it together into a song, do you like when they do that or do you dislike when they do that? If it's done, it, here's my thing. I, I, I can like any beat at all, mm. any beat at all. If it's mixed well, if I can it, hear the lyrics through it and if they can work flows to lend themselves to the beat. Okay. And I think that House of Crazies actually does a really good job at one of those things. <laughs> See, and I think I it's think cool when they pull those things, samples, and most of the time it works. Every once in a while they pile them up and it gets confusing. So I think we right. might be on opposite ends where you're like, look, I'll tolerate that if it works. And I'm like, hey, I like that. But every once in a while, I think they, they don't quite pull it off. Absolutely. Yeah, it, I get a lot. You know, it, this song in particular gave me a little bit of sensory overload at the beginning because it is a lot of shit crammed into it. And I feel like if they would have mixed it better, you know, taken taken one of the samples down a little bit, cranked, you know, the vocals up a little bit. I think if, I think that I would have liked it a lot better. But I, I get your point. I see exactly what you're what you're saying. Great stuff. This song was great until I got to post chorus when it kicks back into the the beat because that that kind of broken down sampled chorus uh it was good and then after the first time it goes back into the you know when it goes back into verse two i was like oh that was weird maybe my computer fucked up like what what's going on here and then it did it a second time and i was like oh they didn't know how to segue out of that chorus yeah it feels like two songs mashed together and Made, they made no effort to integrate them. They just said, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. here's a part of a song. Here's another part of a song. We'll just lay these next to each other. We don't, they don't need to, to go together. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just, it, it, it trips you up. 
when it gets back into that verse and it takes you out of the song in my opinion um because it makes you critically think about it right immediately you're like okay hold on what's going on that being said i I think that you and i overall have so some very similar opinions about this song save the busyness of the beat a little bit but overall it's a fine track that just got murdered when it comes to that transition it just that transition kind of just did not it ruined it i well i don't even want to say that it ruined it for me because i don't hate this song it just it made me enjoy it far less yeah it's i i like all the parts of this song i just wish it all felt like a song and it kind of doesn't like this is really close this is really close to me for to being a song on this that i really liked but i don't really like it because of how they handled that and i think maybe the fact that it had so much potential that i i feel like i want to like it makes me like it less because i'm like oh you 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 broke it but i don't know oh yeah yeah i think that we're uh we're on ops or similar sides on this one yeah similar enough all right so next up this should be an easy one this is this is possessed it's the first track on side two what are your thoughts so this is pretty much just, you know, if you're listening to it side A, side B on tape or vinyl, this is the intro to side B. Um, if you're listening to it on CD or online, this is just an interlude track. And yeah. I think that it reads, it, it lends itself well in both situations, right? I think that it reads like an intro. If you're going to listen to it in the side A, side B context, I think it reads perfectly like an interlude when you listen to it in the context of just listening to it all the way through online or a CD. Super short. I believe it's just over a minute, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Dope sample. It's a spoken sample by somebody named Peter Mas- Masterson. I'm not super familiar with that name. Yeah, he, uh, I don't know if you have some context. He's an actor in a, a very small, not very well-known movie called The Exorcist. I don't know any of the actors' names. I've seen The Exorcist a handful of times. I don't yeah, know this it sample as, uh, super is, well. This is from The Exorcist. It makes sense. The yes. next... Yeah, it makes sense. The next song has a lot of them, too. Super short. Beat is cool. Dope sample. It sets the tone. I mean, per, it, it, the next song is pretty much a companion piece to this at this point. Like It sets the tone perfectly mm-hmm. for the next track. I liked it. I mean, there's not much. You're right. There's not much to say about it. It's 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 a great little intro to side B. What were your thoughts? Same thoughts. A fine intro. It plays right into the next track. It's a it's a good setup. It works. Let's get to that dirty little next track. Why not? Yeah. Track eight, Exorcist, spelled E-X-E-R-C-I-S-T. Eric, what are your thoughts? And do you think that that spelling was intentional? So I looked at every re-release version and in every one it's spelled that way. Now, either it's intentional or nobody that was updating the art for this knew how to spell the word exorcist because maybe they doubled down. Maybe they knew and they were like, nah, double. Let's double down. Yeah. I I don't know. Spelled that way, spelled E-X-E-R-C-I-S-T, it sounds like a demonic exercise instructor. And it's weird. I have no idea. Yeah. Like you're at a uh, 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 fucked up jazzercise class in hell. Yes, exactly. Which uh, (laughs) going to a jazzercise class sounds like hell anyway. Wait, hold on. Cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that. New new, (laughs) new song, new song, new song. (laughs) Uh, 
I, no, I couldn't think of any reasonable. Sometimes you you know there's a misspelling and you're like, oh, it's a play on words or something like that. I can't think of any reason. I think it might have been a typo at the beginning and they just ran with it. I don't know. Maybe somebody will yeah. tell us. There, there could be a reason. But anyway, in, in keeping with the theming of the interlude possessed before it, this is a song about being possessed and needing an exorcism. I don't recognize the very funky sample they're using here, but to me, it sounds like great value thriller. Like it sounds like the, <laughs> like the music to thriller. It works, but it it very much lightens up a track that could otherwise feel very dark. It feels happy, and I'm not really a fan of that. Uh, the outro has some stuff in it that's interesting to me because it's it, it reminds me of some of the the chants they did on Tales from the Lotus Pod, like the Shem Ham Parash stuff that they're saying. Like it all just sort of feels like that. Overall, yeah. I don't love this song, and most of it is because of the music that I just don't like. But what did you think? Lucy, I feel like we're on opposite ends on this one for sure. Oh, I figured um, that. And I'm going to go ahead and give away something. Almost this whole second side of the tape is these funky, upbeat, happy beats. I don't like any of it. And I was like, Aaron's going to love this shit. Yep. Once we get to our overall thoughts, I'll expand more on it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so background. I am a big fan of pop punk music i was growing up i grew up with it and there's a distinct era of pop punk where the music sonically sounds happy and upbeat but the lyrics are not and i was i was a big fan of that growing up and so because of that that lens that makes me enjoy I, i really like this beat i think the beat is fun i guess fun is not the right way to say i think the beat is good I could definitely see now that you said it great value thriller though. <laughs> like I could totally see that. And you might've just ruined this song for me. I don't know. We'll see. I'll listen, I'm to, gonna it listen again to it again. And think about thriller and you're gonna be like, fuck. God damn it, Eric. I fucking like this song. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to listen to the, it again afterwards in that frame of mind. I'm, I'm definitely going to see what I think. I think this, the interlude sample from the exorcist, I mean, that's a, a pretty common, you know, that's a pretty big part of the exorcist. I, you know, vulgar display of, of power is just, yeah, that's a Pantera quotable reference, shit. Right? I mean, that's a Pantera reference. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the movie was referencing Pantera, I assume. Right. When did the exorcist come out? <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> it, it came out like uh, 20 years earlier, I think. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Clearly, guys, I'm not a huge fan of the extra. Well, I I like it. It's a fine movie. I just don't watch it a lot. Overall, I think that this song is, is pretty fucking cool. I think that uh, the flows just sound great. The the beat, I, I know that you don't like it for the happy nature of the beat. I do like it for the happy nature of the beat. I think that there's a distinct theming of uh, happy on the surface, fucked up on the inside that I insanely relate to hmm. and so it just that beat lends itself to uh, to a, a a level of relatability to me that even though this isn't pop punk uh, and this is pretty fucking far from pop punk uh i get the same feelings and that same vibe of on the surface everything seems fine but if you actually break down the song if you listen to the song if you listen to the lyrics 
and this one's more obvious, you know, obviously with the interlude and stuff and the name of the song, they're not trying to hide that this song is fucked up. Yeah, I but mean, surface level, it's it sounds happy as much as I not only understand the concept you're describing, but also appreciate appreciate it and like that myself, that sort of um, melancholy ambivalence that can exist in music, especially a lot of, uh, you know, pop punk from the late, you know, what, 20, like early mid 2010s kind of era uh, that's, where that's the exact era. Yep. Yeah, the, where, where the, the music still sounds kind of upbeat but the songs are sad i don't think this song embodies that in the least i think they just picked a beat that doesn't match the tone that's my thought mm. fair enough that's fair enough well hey let's uh let's go and move on uh to the next track why not let's let's move on to the next track this one's called upon a burning body and uh mm. no oh wait it's called burn the bodies <laughs> what were your thoughts on this one hey Upon a, bur- uh, upon a Burning Body is a Juggalo band because they have played The Gathering before. Oh, they're also so. a Texas band. They are also a Texas band. Yes. Um, But Burn the Bodies, holy shit. You start off uh, where, I mean, the flows are just insane on this one. He just, he's, he goes unhinged on this one. Very fast, very pronunciated, working with the beat very well. I, I feel like... Jamie and maybe I'm just way off base here, but I feel like when Jamie recorded this song in particular in my head, it sounded like it sounds like he feels like he had something to prove for some reason on this song. And as a young artist, you know, he probably still did at this point, but the flows just blew me out of the water on this one. You know, this song, there's (laughs) it's basically just talking about fucking burning. But I mean, obviously it's talking about burning bodies. There's no hiding it. Uh, the chorus says, mm, oh, yeah, burn the bodies. Uh, there's a John Gotti reference, a little gangster reference. I thought that was really funny to to hear in there. At first, it's it's surface level. It feels like it's just about burning the bodies that you kill. Right. But then in verse three, he starts talking about having a pentagram on his chest. And uh, it, it turns into that satanic stuff. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. And so it that it shifts that theming back into, okay, is this just a regular horrorcore song about killing people and burning them? Or, you know, is this fucked up shit in the name of Satan type of thing? And uh, I think that he did a really good job tying it back into the theming on this one. I really like the beat. Obviously, flows were amazing. The hook is cool. I mean, it, it keeps with the theme. Not my favorite song on the album. Definitely not my least favorite song on the album. You know, uh, talking about the theming of this song, the last couple lines made me think that it's all a euphemism for sex in some capacity, because he says, the mission is to seek and destroy you little hottie. And this is what I'm doing when I'm burning up the bodies. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. That could be a double entendre in some capacity. Mm. Yeah, I didn't even think about that last line in that frame of reference. So I, I don't know. I maybe, maybe not. But it all kind of like if you look at it in that way, you know, it could be it could be about having sex more than it is about literally burning bodies. But I don't know. Could be. Anyway, this song started up and it was another funky, up tempo, happy sounding beat. And it feels like another odd choice to me. And although Jamie's raps sound good on this track, 
I feel like his delivery and subject matter is all starting to feel kind of one note. I was not into this song at all. Is it bad? No, but I would not go back and listen to it. I mean, I listened to it a few times for this, but I wasn't right. a fan. Fair. That's fair. Well, let's go ahead and move in then uh, to the next track. Uh, and that would be The Crazed One, track number 10. Yeah. Eric, what were your thoughts? I'll read you the notes that I took on my first listen through of the album verbatim. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is going on? What are all these goofy, funky beats on side two of this tape? If I had this tape, I'd probably never listen to side two at all. That's my note. I mean, really halfway through the song, I was like, I don't want to listen to this album anymore. I just didn't want to listen to it. Is it a bad song? Again, no, but it's not It's not what I want from House of Crazies. And I know this isn't House of Crazies. This is a Mr. Bones solo album, so maybe he's doing his right. own thing. But all these beats just feel so mismatched with the themes and lyrics and samples it just doesn't it doesn't work for me i don't personally like it i know there are probably people that think this is super cool the most intriguing thing about this is that there was a sons of midnight line in this song i thought that my was name really... is bones and i'm down with the midnight suns yeah but it's it, yeah so i have to assume that's a reference to his crew. And I think when you look in the thank yous for the album, some of the people's names that are part of the Sons of Midnight are listed, which is odd that they are referenced because they just don't seem to show up anywhere else. And I wonder if this is an old song or a new song just calling back to that. Like, I, I don't know. This could have been one that was left off of The Demon Inside because we've got two songs from The Demon Inside on here. I wonder if this was part of that. I don't know. I don't think so. But I just thought it was intriguing. What were your thoughts on this one? I think that I don't dislike it as much as you. I think the song is kind of just okay. I feel like it's serviceable, if that makes sense. Yeah. I did not think I would hear a Bernie Mac sample on anything we'd ever review, but here we are. Um, <laughs> here we go. The, the, the first break sample, uh, or the, I guess it would be the last sample right before verse one starts, was uh, a sample from uh, House Party 3. Uh, the Bernie Mac fucking movie. House so, Party 3. Not even from the original House Party. From House Party 3. Have you watched any of the House Party movies? I think I've seen part of the first one. I don't even remember. That is about the extent of, of my knowledge of House Party as well. Is I think I watched a portion of the first movie. Yeah, I mean, I never got too into Kid and Play, and I know that was like one of their... They made a few movies that got kind of popular, and that was one of them, so... Right. This song has a very long intro. In fact, verse one doesn't start until over a minute in. But I feel like it doesn't feel super long until you hear Jamie start, right? Well, we've got Charles Manson talking at the beginning, which is another thing. Yeah, that there's feels a lot of sampled stuff at the beginning connected back to previous stuff that they've done because they've definitely sampled a lot of Charles Manson and Charles Manson related stuff on other albums already. Oh, absolutely. There's one part in this song that I was uh, a little bit confused by and something that actually I had to go in and listen back to multiple times because there's a, a distinct beat change at one point in one of his uh, in one of his verses where he says um, switching back to the fourth in the lyrics as the beat changes. And for some reason, I can't think of anything that w- that would make sense with 
other than like making a musical reference of switching a time signature, but this entire song is in four four. I had to I count I had to go back and fucking count it out to make sure. But I'm pretty positive this entire thing is in four four. And when he says switching back to the fourth, there's a distinct beat change that makes it sound like he's saying he's switching time signatures from something else to a four four time signature. Maybe I'm looking into it too hard. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, it, it uh, drove me nuts. I, I had to go figure the figure the fuck out. Um, uh, I guess I didn't catch that. Uh, switching back to the fourth, keeping suckers guessing is the uh, end of that line. Wouldn't I probably should have wrote out the whole line. But back and forth, keeping suckers guessing make more sense. That's the thing. I feel like switching back and forth, keeping suckers guessing would be like that i mean that would just be a line i I wouldn't give any second thought to but saying switching back to the fourth sounded like it was a clever time signature reference hold on it drove me nuts so i said this is whole fucking thing is in four four let me listen hold on he definitely says switching back to the fourth there is no mistaking it yeah, there's no mistaking the lyrics for sure. And and also, it's not necessarily a, uh, definitely not a time change. And the beat change up, I think the uh, the bass line just, it's just a drum break at that part. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. It was, it was, that was just a weird, yeah, it was a weird, and even switching back and forth, if that's what you meant, would have, like, just saying back and forth, I feel like would have made the line cleaner too. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? So it was just it was an interesting choice. And I was I was very confused by it. And I, I kind of got hung up on it a little bit. But this song is serviceable. I, it's not one that I'm going to seek out to go listen to again. Uh, and, and and it's not one that it's going to be stuck in my head by any means. Yeah. But I thought it was OK. I mean, I honestly, I, I feel like I enjoyed it more so than than you did. But I, it's I'm not over, you know, in love with this song. Right. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to track number 11. This one is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Bones. Again, we reviewed this on The Demon Inside. Go back and listen to episode 91 if you want to hear our thoughts. But what did you have any thoughts hearing it in the context of the album at this point in the album? Anything new that came to mind as you listened to it? Uh, This is the same exact song except for a sample thrown at the beginning. Mm. I even went and lined both versions up to make sure. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's just a um, like one line at the like there's a big sample that's in both, but then there's an extra line added at the beginning, right? That song starts with a sample in both of them. It's just in this version they added another sample prior, you know, before that sample. Okay. Which so that, that's what, Yeah. Okay, that's what Other I than that, I, I have the same you know, my my notes were almost identical when I listened to this song. Yeah, my my only different thoughts on it Versus, and I didn't have this thought when I listened to the previous, like when we listened to it on the Demon Inside. But on this album, this song sort of fits tonally, musically, I should say, sonically, with the other songs on this side of the album because it really does have an up tempo, almost happy sound to the beat, much as the previous three songs do. And it I would say it fits properly here. If you were going to pull a couple songs from the other album and put them here, this one is placed correctly, but it also makes me like it a little bit less. I think, I don't know. Hmm. Um, I, so I feel like I maybe had a, a little bit more negative reaction this time because 
at this point I said, okay, reusing two songs kind of thing. You know, like I feel like one reusing one song would have been serviceable. And if I were to pick a song of the two to reuse, it would have been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Bones because I feel like it fits very well tonally in the, on the back half of this for, for sure. sure. For sure. I agree with you, but it just, it, I don't know. It, it felt, I don't even want to say lazy. I feel like that's hit like making too harsh, you know, making it too harsh. Like it just, it was weird. Listen, they still had room on both sides of the tape. They might as well put tracks on there. I mean, you got a point. Yeah, this is, this is being released for a tape. You know, that's not something lengths is not something that you think about when you're releasing music these days. Right. I mean, it's all digital, but yeah, that is a good point that could have played heavily into it. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the last track. Then how about, yeah. Insomnia, track 12 of Sacrifice. Yes. This one is not just Mr. Bones. No, we hear the ROC and we hear Hectic as well. So uh, we get the HOK crew. Yeah, the, the full House of Crazies on this one. And I'm I'm down with this beat uh, because I right away I was like, oh, sick. I've always loved this song, uh, the song being Burned by Nine Inch Nails, which was on the Natural Born Killers soundtrack uh, back in the in the early to mid 90s uh, when I when I loved Nine Inch Nails and I had the Natural Born Killers soundtrack. I always thought this song was cool as fuck. So I'm glad they grabbed it up and used it. And they pretty much just took it for what it is that that bass line is really sick. Overall, I love this track. This is what I I want from House of Crazies. And it's my favorite thing on this album. I just gave away my favorite song. So when it comes to that, you're going to know I'm going to say Insomnia. Um, Perfect. I only had to wait 11 tracks to get here. And I love that Brian and Paul are on it. It's a full-on House of Crazies track. Maybe I'm just not a huge fan of Jamie Solo. I don't know. But I think this track is sick. This is the other song I was talking about that does have an ICP diss in it. And it's funny because... They, they say something about fuck a murder go round, and I think it's flipped backwards. But I remember when I was listening to the the Behind the Paint audiobook, Jay talking about how early on they heard about these kids in House of Crazies that were walking around and tearing down, you know, posters for their shows and talking shit on them and stuff. Of course, a year or two after this, House of Crazies ends up being friends with ICP and touring with them. And then, of course, 20 years later, they come full circle and they're back to where they started. But overall, I thought this was a cool song. What did you think? Yeah, it was. uh, I feel like we have a lot of the same thoughts on this one. Um, This song is great. It was great to hear the full crew, you know, all of House of Crazies on this one. I cannot agree with you more about this beat. I fuck it. It's it's great. It's fucking great. They picked the perfect song. They really did. They picked the perfect song. Obviously, all the flows are solid. You hear that. uh, Yeah, that ICP disc and you're correct. It is. It is backwards in the on the end of the ROC's verse. I think that this is a fantastic album ender. I think even, you know, with being a solo album, I think just overall, I think that people that have solo albums make the album ender a crew track with, with your actual, you know, rap group. I like that, that concept. Yeah. I think it's cool. I like that. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very much a fan. Like I said, I'm very happy. We got to hear the whole crew on it. The beat is dope as fuck. I don't have really don't have much different to say than you other than, uh, I'm not picking this as my favorite, even though I love it. I just like other stuff better. You don't love the line. I masturbate to your death and come all over you. 
I mean, it's pretty solid. <laughs> That's pretty good. As somebody who, and everybody knows by now, as somebody who has uh, wrote a masturbate line into a verse on our album, big, big masturba- masturbation fan in the in the form of uh, rap lyrics. Oh, just in the form of rap lyrics, but and no in other. the form of action. Oh, uh, <laughs> excellent. Well, there you go. That's um, our album. I mean, that's this album. That's and our album. It's both. Absolutely. There it is. I mean, I feel like we had a lot of a lot of good good stuff to say about this one overall, right? Yeah. But or no. Why don't we just go ahead and talk about our overall thoughts? Let's. Okay. Uh I'll go ahead and start. Yes. I think that this this album is is super solid uh top to bottom. There are some aspects that I didn't like. There's, you know, busy beat, um bad mixing uh, at times some lyrics I would change, but I think for a solo album from Jamie Madrox from 1995, this thing sounds great. Uh, I w I can totally see myself and this is no different than any other fucking thing that we've talked as far as house of crazies. I'm probably going to end up burning this on a CD just to toss it in my car so I can listen to it uh, more accessibly. Or I might try and uh, snag a vinyl for $69. I saw that they're going oh. for average on. Uh, <laughs> That's all huh? on on Discogs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, I definitely don't want to pay $69 for this, but I will. I will pay a buck 50 to grab a, a blank CD and burn it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there's some great stuff in here. There's some not so great stuff in here. I think theming wise. You know, he really did a great job of sticking to the theme. I, I think it's very easy to uh, stray from theming, especially as you, being young artists. And even like, you know, we, we criticize ICP for straying from theming a lot. You know, we, we have a lot in the past, right? So it's nice to see that, that he stuck pretty harshly to the theming. Uh, especially uh, on that back half of the album when uh, even though it sounded happy, there's uh, some fucked up stuff there. Yeah. And I mean, I think the only time I'll come after somebody from not sticking to a theme is when they establish that there's a theme, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't expect every single song to be about something special or themed, you know, fitting with an album. But if you go, Hey, this is a themed album. I'm going to expect you to stick with it or a themed song. Absolutely. So this is not a secret after listening to this. I'm not a huge fan of this album personally. I do think, again, back to theming, that the satanic theming is consistent. There are a lot of things that feel like were decisive and intentional that that made this album all feel cohesive. And yet at the same time, there's a lot about it that feels disjointed and not cohesive. Now, the first half of the album, the first side, has that very minimal and we'll call it horrorcore production with the beats and the simple synth lines. The second half is all these funky, up-tempo, happy beats. Again, there are probably people that are like, whoa, I love that. That's a really cool dynamic. Doesn't work for me. I don't particularly love either side of it. I think Jamie sounds good, but he's basically got one cadence and style and he sticks with it and he does it well, but it's not dynamic or exciting to me to hear it for the most part. Yeah. I just, I mean, the songs thematically blend together, even if all the music doesn't blend together. And I think this could be a really cool, maybe five or six song EP. If you, if you trimmed it down, 
But this is probably the first House of Crazies era release I didn't care for. And honestly, at this point, they are now, what, five or six releases in between the solo stuff and the group stuff. And it's 1995. They've got to have gained some sort of following. They wouldn't keep doing this. I've heard the other albums that came out around this time from other Detroit artists. I expect more from what they're doing because there are things on here that feel amateurish production-wise, musically, uh, mix-wise, and things like that. Which, I mean, even at home, I, I you know, I just mixed our album. I didn't get it all right. There's, I, I still listen to it and hear some levels that seem off and stuff to me. But, uh, yeah, I'm like, really? Really? I'm going to go listen to Riddlebox or I'm going to go listen to Dead Flowers and I don't hear the production issues there that this has. So I know it's not an apples to apples comparison, but I think I expect more. So overall, and eh, not a huge fan of this one. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, understandable. Well, let's go ahead then. And uh, I mean, we can name our personal favorite tracks. You already kind of tipped your hand with with yours being insomnia. Oh, I, here's a question I ask, actually have for you. You mentioned this would be a great six song EP. Do you know what you would cut? Yeah, everything on side two except for the last song. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I think that uh, I, I think that this could be a good nine song album, uh, and I would cut I would cut the Witching Hour and Doctor Jekyll and Mister Bones obviously because they've yeah. already been out. Oh, I would def- definitely um, cut those as well. And then I think after that I would cut uh, probably uh, and and I don't I don't even like. I'm not even cutting because I hate it, but just cutting just to to make this thing lean and mean. I'd probably cut burn the bodies. Hmm. See, for me, I would. I or would, rumors I would felt, though, because it doesn't really stick with the theme. I think I just would have felt better about the album and liked listening to it more if I took side one, cut witching hour, and added insomnia, and I would have been like, oh, cool album. You know, I, yeah. I still have some issues with some of the production and some of the songs still feel kind of minimal. Uh, but overall, I like it. That, that would be what I would want to do. Well, and even even if that was the case, you would have cut now my second favorite song. But I would I would I think I'd love to listen to that six song EP. But what's your I'd, favorite? I'd still enjoy what's the shit pick? out of this one. My pick is Why the Children. Um, oh, OK. I think it's great. I, I love that song. I, I talked to about how much i loved it when we talked about it obviously but um yeah it's good it's a four minute song that feels like it's probably two minutes because i just enjoy it so much and it's got the horror core riff and it's got the horror core riff absolutely uh well so those are our favorite tracks obviously we're not putting them on a playlist because we can't but you can know that information for later yeah sure awesome let's let's score this bitch why not let's score it okay we're going to start up with music and beats. Eric, I have a feeling I, I know a lot of what you're about to say. So I'm going to go first. Okay. Music and beats. I had an overall positive experience with this album as, as far as that goes. I know that the upbeat stuff is not something that maybe a lot of people like. Um, I feel like a lot of people might skew towards your, your opinion on those. But, uh, you know, it's it's just a certain flavor that I, I feel like I really enjoy. Mm. Uh, so I, I wasn't I didn't mind it at all. That being said, there, there were some busy beats here and there. There were some some mixing problems here and there. But 
I liked everything that they sampled musically for the most part. I, I liked uh, the beats overall for the most part. I ended up giving this a, uh, a three and a half because I feel like a four would have just been a little bit too high for what this is. But I think a three and a half is a very uh, fair score. All right. Well, I, I just I personally didn't like much of what was here. There were one or two tracks that I thought I liked the music on it, but uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of the more minimal production on the first half because you can do that and still make the songs stand out and sound interesting, but I don't really think yep. they did. And I wasn't a fan of most of the music on the second side, which we've discussed. I had some issues with production, not just like mix, like technical stuff, but some of the the choices that they made, especially on Sacrifice. I gave it a two. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that that uh, I'm not surprised by that after yeah. discussing the album. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, lyrics and flows. What you get for that one? I think it was all fine. Um, kind of one note when it came to lyrics and flows across the board, but all fine for all he says here. It doesn't feel like he has a lot to say, which is kind of disappointing. It just feels like an album for the sake of an album, which is OK to do. I like the theming, but none of, I mean, there were a couple of songs that, you know, had more of a, okay, liquid friend is about alcoholism and rumors is about people starting rumors. But once you get into the meat of the album, they're all, and I've said this before and people are probably like, fuck you, dude. It's all just about kind of generically scary stuff. And I think he does it well, but I, I kind of wanted a little something more interesting from it. So lyrics, fine well written for the most part his his cadences his flows his delivery fine uh i wanted a little more variety i think it was fine i gave it a three i dig it i think that uh i think that we're you and i on this one are coming coming closer than uh than maybe people would have thought when they heard our thoughts on this album uh and let me tell you why i totally agree with you that uh, he doesn't really switch up the flows that much. He He's very good at one style and he sticks to it on this album, but he sticks, he sticks to it damn well. And, and, and as far as the general scary stuff goes, I can I can do a song that's just about general scary stuff. I, sure. I think that it's dope. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, what, would I have loved to see some sort of uh, personal heart driven into it of you know oh shit this actually sounds like he's really feeling this kind of thing yeah maybe a little bit maybe maybe there were little parts that that sounded like uh you know he was just doing the horror core thing yeah i mean i'm down but, you know, for scary for the sake of scary but when you start to do four five six songs in a row that all kind of feel that way that's when it start to go okay give me something something more yeah yeah i get that very valid criticism I have very positive thoughts about the lyrics and flows overall, but I cannot give this thing more than a three for an album that was pretty much all the same style of flows. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? I would say so. Uh, so I, I gave it a three as well. It's a positive three, though. It's a good positive three. I mean, y'all, you have to remember that we're scaling it out of five. Three is above average. Yeah, Absolutely. Perfect. Okay, so you know skits and interludes. Uh, we're we're no gonna skits. skip. Yeah, there's no skits uh, because there's no skits. Um, you know, although there are a lot of samples from Twilight Zone from that Marilyn Manson doc uh, or pff, 
from that Charles Manson documentary uh, and shit like that. But hey, so we're going to skip that. Let's go ahead and uh, move on then to re-listenability. Uh, as far as re-listenability goes, you know, it's it's always been hard to score. I say this every time we do House of Crazy. It's always hard to score this one. But th- when I was listening to this, I really told myself I would like to make an effort to rip this onto a CD and, and just keep it in my car because it, it, it's a it would be a fun listen while I'm driving around and I want to listen to some some you know just old school horrorcore some happy funk music some happy funk music about killing people right you yes. know yeah uh, <laughs> so with the real listenability with me uh, I went ahead and gave it a three and a half because you know, it, it it takes a lot to get me to say I will listen to something that's not on Spotify. Straight fair, up, fair. It, I mean, it takes a lot to get me to say that. Shout out to Blade. We've got the uh, the files to listen to it, so you, you can burn it to a CD if you want. Um, Absolutely. So so that's good. I will say though, I'm not going to come back to listen to this because I don't. I I wouldn't want to. The only song that I definitely will come back to listen to is Insomnia, which I which I liked. I think that's cool. Although I might just go listen to that Nine Inch Nails song. But <laughs> I, 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 yeah, this uh, of all the House of Crazy stuff we listened to so far, this is probably the thing I'm least likely to, to really come back to. I don't I don't hate it. I don't hate this album. If it came on and somebody was playing it in the car. Cool. But I'm going to give it a two for relistenability personally for me. Fair, fair. Now, interesting point that I just thought of, Eric. Do you think that you are a f- that you're enjoyment or lack thereof of this album is affected by the long gap of break that we took from house of crazies to do all this, these other episodes. Does that make sense? Are, are you asking if I think I liked this less because we've taken four or five weeks between listening to this and listening to the previous album? Maybe I'm asking less about you and maybe I'm, I'm more critically thinking, do I like this more? Is my enjoyment of this inflated because because you've been waiting to been, get to it because we've been waiting to get to it or, or you know, because it's been so long since we've listened because I mean, I'll be straight up with you. I haven't really listened to a lot of House of Crazy stuff in between, you know, in the interim because it's not fucking on Spotify. I, I just like I just said, I, I I stream music. I don't have CDs. I don't have Anything like, like I just Except I stream in the music. car. You don't stream music in the car. I don't have. Well, I do stream music in the car to my AirPods because my car does not have Bluetooth. But you know, I I, I just feel like that that may may be an, an interesting thought. Um, I guess more about myself than about you. But hey, maybe, maybe. Well, let's get to the last uh, last little grouping here. Why not yeah. overall vibe, Eric? Overall vibe was probably the most difficult to to score for me because. The theming here is very consistent. All of the lyrics and concepts and samples, aside from those first two songs, absolutely fit the the satanic and satanic cult and ritual vibe really well. It really works. However, the musical vibe on this album is confusing. It's confusing that they that he chose to include two songs from the previous album on a hard themed album like this. Uh, and I'm all for musical diversity, but this one just felt disconnected and like odd choices. 
So do I give it a high score because he used a lot of similar themes and samples, or do I give it a low score because I don't think the music made sense with what he was doing? I'm going to put it dead in the middle at 2.5. That's uh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, overall vibe was a little a little difficult for me as well. I think that although I have generally positive thoughts about this album, and, and that's very clear, the overall vibe just kind of seemed, in my opinion, just kind of seemed a little a little flat, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, but and I think I can. I think I can attribute it to exactly something that you said earlier, and that is making this album for the sake of making an album. Mm. You know, what What the overall reasoning, what, did he feel like this had to be put out? And maybe I'm being too critical on him as an artist by saying that. Maybe that's unfair. But House of Crazy's albums, they get together and they write some fire stuff, right? Yeah. Is this just something he's doing in the downtime in his downtime in the interim between House of Crazy's releases or does he feel like he has to have a voice on something and 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 speak on it? Or or that he he thinks something's really cool and just wants to fucking put it out. Because you can totally do that as well as an artist. You don't have to have deep meanings behind everything. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I went more positive with my overall vibe because just sonically I I really did like it, but you know, boiling it down, it is it it is it's weird to release to be in a, a group and then release one solo album and then release a second solo album that contains two tracks that you had on your first solo album. And that first solo album was only what six tracks to start with or something. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like six, uh, six or seven. Maybe I, I can't quite remember, but. Yeah, I'm I've been pretty consistent with my scoring here. I gave it a three for overall vibe because although I do really, really in, you know, enjoy most aspects of this album, I've just ca- kind of got a feeling of why a little bit. And maybe it's maybe it's, hey, why don't you focus on House of Crazies? Because that shit is great. And then, you know, put full effort on that. You're doing good stuff here. Don't get me wrong. But if you take this and and just bake it up a little bit more and put it into House of Crazies, it could be nuts, you know? Yeah. And by the way, I just looked at the the demon inside. It is only six tracks. But here's the thing. Track one is just an intro track. Two and three, which is the end of side one of the tape, are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Bones and The Witching Hour, which are the two Mr. Bones solo songs. Then side two is an intro on the run, which is the weird song with Sons of Midnight that he's based barely on, and then an outro. So the aside, there are only like three proper songs on that EP, and only two of them are actually just Mr. Bones. So he took the only two songs from that and put them on this album. Well, now I'm starting to now I have a new theory. Now my theory is between Mr. Bones and the Sons of Midnight, the demon inside and Mr. Bones sacrifice maybe they got a vast amount more of notoriety and maybe this is something that that robbie can confirm or deny right uh maybe they got a uh more notoriety and he said you know what i really like these songs and more people are listening to us now i'm putting them the fuck back out i want more people to hear this yeah i mean bands do that i mean you'll record something on an early ep that 
you know, then you do a major label release or something and you re-record songs or something like that. These are just taking the exact songs and dropping them on. And it's what, not even a year later. But anyway, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there was, you know, that's that factors in. So let's see. Our our average, our average score is a 2.8125, which I guess makes it a three liquid friends out of five. <laughs> Fagos are liquid uh, friends, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the three is pretty fair. I mean, Eric, do you think that's too inflated maybe? I mean, what are you thinking on that? Here's the thing. I think we probably landed in a reasonable place for what it should be scored. My scores are low because my personal preference is not this. Your scores, I think we're pretty reasonable, but I think three is fine. I think three is fine. Yeah, I think th- I mean, that's that's above average. Maybe it deserves just an average, but the numbers don't lie, baby. It's a yeah. three three liquid friends release. <laughs> All right. Well, go, there we go. Go and call yourself an Uber home after that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, I mean, there we go. That's Mr. Bones' sacrifice as it is. And those are our thoughts. Y'all, the next time you hear from us will be a, a short, shorter episode regarding the gathering, more details on what we're going to be doing live. And uh, and how you could possibly uh, get some free stuff from us. Yeah, I mean, we might have some special things at the gathering. We'll also and this is unrelated to the podcast, although obviously we both do this show. We're both in a group called Fuckface. We just dropped an album this week. We'll be selling physical CDs at the gathering. So if you're going to be there, stop by and pick one up. If you uh, if you like music, I don't know. Go listen to the song. It's on our actually go listen on all streaming platforms the whole album's up yeah album's out uh spotify apple music the others whatever <laughs> the others but if you would like <laughs> but if you would like a physical cd release they are uh like eric mentioned before we went through disc makers to uh to produce them they look fantastic from the photos They're i awesome. can't wait until my copy gets here and uh, I'm probably going to be uh, actually I already know I'm going to be purchasing a couple other copies just because I want to have multiple copies of my own shit. You know what oh, I'm yeah, saying? Of course. And if you're not going to be at the gathering, go to fuckface. That's F-U-K-K-F-A-A-C-E dot bandcamp dot com. You can buy one there as well. You can buy one there as well. OK, enough talking about our own shit. Absolutely. I'm very excited to meet up with everybody at the gathering i'm Me very too. excited to do stuff at the gathering and I, I i really hope if you're gonna be there please come say hi it's gonna be so much fun uh we'd love to meet you until then though eric where where exactly can people put their dirty little eye sockets on to get more of our stuff well, that's a really weird way to say that uh you can go to icp 
www.wwe.com. That's our website where currently we have links to all of our shit. We've got, you can email us, you can connect with us on, on social, you can listen to the show, you can buy merch, you can become a patron, you can check out our YouTube where eventually there will be content because Aaron has pledged to upload more. Thank you, by the way, Aaron, for taking on the whole YouTube thing to start with. But yeah, ICPWWE.com. That's where to go. I uh, personally, I don't want to have to legally change my name. I got to get at least five videos up before Thursday. I think you can. do Uh, I I think I can as well. By the way, y'all, I I have been sipping on a Fago cream soda, my last one. And Eric, I've decided that I've changed my opinion on Fago cream soda. What's your opinion Uh, now? My opinion is fuck this because I just looked over and I've had the cap off the whole time sitting aside and there's probably 20 ants crawling on it right now and it's pissing me off. Were you drinking it with the ants in there? Oh, no, no, the the cap has been off the whole time and I, and I have been looking in the bed. There's the, oh, it's the, been clear. The ants are in the cap. Yeah, the ants are in the cap. You've yeah. got ants, buddy. You need to call an exterminator. Fuck. I mean, seriously. Are you outside right now or are you in the house? Oh, I've been recording this from a public park. Okay. Well, then in that case, don't worry about it. Oh, okay, fine. Y'all, one last thing. I'd love to give a big thank you to our over-the-shoulder boulder holders, our patrons, Rob, Viron, Corey, and Blade. Y'all, thank you so much for the continued support. I know we will be uh, sending, I believe post-gathering, we will be sending out some more Joker's... Uh, well, I guess phase two of the, the Joker's cards paintings. Is that correct? Yeah, we'll have to figure out how we want to do it. I mean, last time we intended to send them out monthly. We sent out the first six all as one big group. Uh, yeah, we batched them. Yeah, we have to think about if we want to send them individually or batch them again. So either way, you'll get them. Anybody anybody that's currently a patron will get the, the next batch. So there's that. Absolutely, y'all. If you would like to start receiving prints of these awesome jokers cards and if you would like to see what the first batch looked like you can also head over to instagram where uh they are nicely shown hit up our patreon it's on our website icpwwe.com and uh you can sign up there and uh help us out while also getting some more amazing perks yeah we've been shitty about giving out perks but we love y'all our over the shoulder Older holders are perky. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what. If you're a patron right now, tell us what kind of realistic perks you'd like to have that you're not getting. Maybe we'll look at restructuring perks as well. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for for your support. Uh, Literally, especially right now with the album coming out and with the gathering event coming up and with just trying to get the show done, uh, your support both. Just even just being in the discord and supporting us or just, you know, being on Instagram and supporting us or whatever. uh, Plus, you know, your contributions have made it possible to even do this because other without you, I I think it would be difficult. I I really. Yeah, I I agree with Eric's sentiment. I really think that y'all don't even know how much that uh, you guys help us, um, whether it be absolutely just interacting with. Well, We've never been shy about the fact that if it wasn't for y'all, this show would have been done fucking six months ago. ago. You know what I mean? So obviously, thank you to that. But with with everything coming out, with the gathering live event, with the CD coming out, with everything, uh, y'all have been uh, more helpful than you can even realize. So we do really appreciate it with the the uh, support both 
um, emotionally and other ways. So uh, yes. thank you guys and y'all. Until next week, for Eric, I'm Aaron. Big ol' whoop whoop. We'll see you later. Whoop whoop. Where's Chuck?